we're going to talk about my top contract management trends for 2022. I think this year is going to be an incredible year in the contract management profession. I've just been implementing a contract lifecycle management tool. And I think this year we're going to see the rise of CLM technology in procurement teams, whether that is a standalone CLM. And I put a post out around this link to the article that I wrote on this very subject matter which I'll, I'll leave a link in the description and James Meads who's a, an awesome guy awesome procurement tech guy he actually made the prediction that it's very likely a lot of procurement tools will bolster its contract management functionality software offering I think I just thought that was a really good really cool point to see as opposed to the standalone ones and I also think this would be a rise of legal tech and we as procurement people really do need to be aware of legal tech mostly because we might be procuring it for our legal teams within our businesses but also we might be using it and we might be feeding into it reviewing contracts in it doing all sorts in it so I think it, yeah we're gonna see the rise of CLM legal tech like we like we've never seen before I think last year was a very good year for the technology my second point was resilience in contracts and this might kind of sound crazy but a lot of the conversations I've been having internally and with suppliers is about how do we make this contract far more resilient to the, the current landscape that we find ourselves in at the moment. Very much the, the, the talk uh, in early COVID days was all around like these contracts aren't protecting us. We're kind of seeing things like we're talking about continuity a lot more. We are talking about risk. We're talking about visibility. We're talking about like if things go wrong in any aspect, not just because of a pandemic, how we protect it. What are the steps we are going to take? And just around this whole topic of resilience, certainty. And people might find that crazy, especially if you studied law, because certainty of contract is like a key characteristic component to make a, a legally enforceable binding contract on uh, on a party or two parties or however many parties there are to a contract. But trust me, having looked at so many contracts, just even over the last the, over the last 12 months, let alone the last like two, three years when I've mostly been doing contract management or commercial legal consulting type roles and the, the contracts, they don't, you're not always clear what it is you're actually buying or you're exchanging services on. When that, especially if the contract comes from the other party, you can be really confused. I like to think that when I draft the contract, it's fairly clear, like what the obligations are, what it is that's going on. And you know, that, that's kind of the primary focus of when I, whenever I'm drafting a contract. But a lot of contracts, I don't think do enough there. So there's a real focus on making sure we've got that in place. And I've kind of spoken about risk just now in the resilience piece. I think it's, it's, it's just a topic that isn't going to go away. And hopefully it doesn't go away ever again. And not to say it went away, but I think teams were, like it's a risk we're happy to accept it and I think maybe we are now looking at you know what are the risks we can accept you know we're just happy to do those but what are risks that our business absolutely cannot cannot for whatever reason uh, cannot accept and let's focus on those. I, I, I think as a contract reviewer, as a negotiator on these procurements, I think that's very much where the focus is going. I, I'm, and I'm excited if that is the case. Kind of left my, my favorite one to the end here in terms of my predictions. I think contracts are going to get easier this year. I think during the, the last couple of years, what I think we've witnessed with these convoluted legalese contracts is that many people in the business who weren't legal and even some that were legal picked up these contracts when things started to go bad, trying to figure out, can we get out of this? Do we need to fulfill our obligations? Does the other party need to fulfill their obligations? What the hell is going on? They didn't know. And this kind of comes back to that point I was making before around certainty and also around you know, building resilience into contracts. It just wasn't clear from the wording, not necessarily from the drafting, but because of the way in which the 
just the sheer bulk of the sentences. You, 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 I know you all read those contracts that say one thing, but then it takes it away with the next sentence, then puts something else in with the next sentence, and then takes that away, depending on five different conditions, which, you know, or scenarios that could happen. And in a contract, it's, it's just so confusing. So I think we're gonna to move to this, this design principle of contracts or legal design or contract design or contract simplification. I'm gonna cover these in way more detail in subsequent podcasts and blogs and videos this year, because I, I'm really excited by it. But in short, it's all about designing a contract so that anyone in the business can pick it up and read the sections that they need to know inside out really easily. So whether it's an engineer picking up and understanding the, the you know, what's being built, how it's going to be built, the lead times, the delivery times, they can just pick that up, read it in really easy to understand, plain and simple language. So there's like two components. There's the design of the contract. How do we segment this contract so that various people in the business can understand you know, various sections of it? Because those engineers probably don't care about what the liability provisions are, maybe legal does, but they want to know, you know how they're gonna get it, what happens if the item is delayed or if it's not gonna arrive poor performance or because it was damaged in transit and all of that good stuff. That's one part of the thinking. And then how do we remove that horrible legalese language where you can read something and you're not quite sure what it means, but you full well know that you, you could put that into easy to understand plain English or plain language, depending on your, your choice of language there and make it accessible to everyone. I think that's a really exciting place we're gonna get to you with contracts. And and I was about to say in 2022, I think we're going to see the start of this happening a lot more. I spoke in the blog about the adoption of one NDA, which is a standardized non-disclosure agreement templates, and they're probably gonna do a master services agreement and things like that as well. I think these are all very good ways to speed up time to contract and to stop this craziness of redlining for the sake of redlining contracts or negotiating contracts for the sake of it. Because half the time, I think a lot of contracts are trying to say the same thing. You could read 10 different contracts for services. All 10 could be written in a different way, but have the same intentions. Because they're written in 10 different ways, maybe due to the preference of the whoever drafted them, the drafter, it means that the other person on the other side wants to negotiate because it doesn't quite fit their way of doing things. And I think if we can limit that or reduce that or completely erad eradicate that, yeah. I, I like the word eradication, <laughs> that'd be awesome. I think we're in for a good time. Thanks so much for listening or watching. However you consume this content, really appreciate your time and attention today. I'll see you on the next shorter episode. See ya.